What's going on? Welcome to the People's Show. I'm Bick Nazar with you for the next hour. Broadcasting live from the Kintech studio, Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Eddie G, Fast Eddie Gregory running the show today. And if you want to get involved, you know already, 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Dunbar Lumber with three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street. Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. I say this always uh, when we have an open segment here on The People Show. It's your show as well, so you can always call in 604-280-0650. More notable today to say that, again, 604-280-0650, because I was thinking, you've waited months to have a vibe like last night. Months? Dare I say years? Years is a better word. It'd be one thing if it was a 3-2 home opening win. It's like, all right, that feels good. We're excited all off season for those kind of vibes. That was a raucous affair last night. It was amazing in the building, especially contrasting it versus a year ago to what the home opener looked like for Vancouver a year ago. Jerseys on the ice, booze, and everything. It was chaos last year. What a stark contrast uh, a year makes for the home opener vibe. So if you didn't get a chance to sound off last night on the postgame show, you haven't had a chance to join our airwaves, you're the guest on today's show, 604-280-0650, whatever was on your mind after an 8-1 win. Let me just say that again, 8-1 win over the Edmonton Oilers. Eddie, you were working the game last night. That was bizarre. Like, I, I woke up this I morning. Was, I yeah, like, I was in disbelief. Happen? I was in disbelief. Like, I just went to the usual, well, it's Connor and Leon. It's opening night. They're going to do what Connor and Leon do, and they're going to leave a notable impact on the score sheet last night. And they didn't. And they never really did, other than the one goal by Dry Seidel in the second period. Nobody had Brock Besser doing what he was going to do last night. Certainly not off the back of his heel. No, but... I think more than anything, last night gives you, like the preseason, there were signs that Mm -hmm. the dress rehearsal was encouraging, and you wanted to see it in the regular season. 10-0 notwithstanding. Yeah, yeah, 10-0 notwithstanding. (laughs) But you can, to keep it realistic, you could be a little bit more encouraged going forward from what you saw in preseason, what you saw in free agency, even some of the trades Mm-hmm. Leading up to free agency Sam last Lafferty. year, Lafferty, Heronic, the development of even a Phil D. Giuseppe, like you can slowly starting to see this team becoming a little bit more round, well rounded, which gives you reason to believe that this season has the potential to be different. Not saying playoffs, but a chance to be different compared to what we've seen in the past. Is that fair? So I want to do two things with the listeners today. Again, you can call in 604-280-0650, grab a phone line, and, and share your thoughts for the next hour here on The People's Show. But if you want to text in 650-650, what was the most impressive bit of last night for you? Any one thing, because there was a lot to, to pick at. And 
now that we've had a chance, you know, day one is all about overreaction. The, the hangover from day one is all about overreaction. What do you want to overreact to uh, and get excited about or were you underwhelmed about? It's still if the it was, high from. If it was the Oilers that years are like, oh, I don't know if they're going to be as good as they are. Can we overreact to them going to be, being a West favorite uh, in, in, in the Stanley Cup chase? Why not? Why not? It's still the high from getting that really cool present at Christmas, and you're still enjoying <laughs> it a day or two later. Uh, 650, 650, Crypto Cow, I guess no distractions, eh? Uh, yeah, certainly uh, part of the uh, situation yesterday. All right, uh, this one, McDavid complaining about the Canucks putting their top guys on the PK after 5-1. I'm sorry, but how many times have you been up 5-1 in a game to keep popping in goals as part of the game? No mercy, own up that your team played a crap game and yourself to top it off. Every fan wants to see goals. It's all about entertainment. I could see an issue if the Canucks players were celebrating hard after 5-1, but that wasn't the case. Unsigned text coming into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. So most impressive bit for me last night. And it was the it was two primary concerns I had going into last year. Obviously we, we talked about like PK and all those things last year, but just as far as mental ability and character of the team, two things I was really concerned about last year was compete level and consistency. Those were the two things that I was like, oh, man, I, I don't know if that's going to be a, a trademark of the Vancouver Canucks in the 2022-23 season. Going into last night, can a leopard change its spots? That, to me, were the two prevailing themes yesterday. Compete and consistency embodied by so many different players. Pick a, you know, we, we should do this later on in the show. Pick a random player, text in a random player's name, and I'll give you 90 seconds of the best play I thought that player made. Because there was a lot, like, everybody did something in yesterday's game. That's what was encouraging. So a certain level of compete throughout the course of the game, and it was a 60-minute effort. That's the thing, that it was consistent. It wasn't as if they played 20 hard minutes, got four or five goals, and coasted the rest of the way. It... Outside of the first maybe six minutes where it looked like it was a bit too loose, I can chalk that up to jitters, adrenaline for the start of the season. You can overcome that easily. But after that, it was very much tilted in Vancouver's favor, and they were consistent throughout the course of the evening. And and that, to me, is uh, a huge step in the right direction that they were able to, to, to check those two boxes on game one. I just like that they've built an ability to give themselves a chance defensively. Yeah. I mean, how many games have we watched over the last two or three years where their their defensive identity has just gone out the window and they've given themselves no chance? But I think that comes with, you know know me, I love to harp on the defense, right? Yeah. It's, defense to me has always been about teamwork. Yes. And look, this is pro sports. You need, like, there's great individual talents, but you need, you need other, little plays. You need to add nineteen up. other guys. You need 90, uh, nineteen other guys to do it, and that's why defense to me is always uh, interesting to watch because it has to work together with four guys on the ice. How do you do it collectively? Yeah. And yesterday, whether it was in the offensive zone, you know, Connor Garland breaking up a zone exit, and Phil DiGiuseppe, who's suddenly going to get uh, jerseys bought. We we don't stop until thirty four is in the team store. I'm not sure if that's up there yet in the team store. I'm sure it will be soon enough. <laughs> but here's what I was thinking about coming out of last night. Of the players that the Canucks have brought in, say, in the last 12 months under the current regime, how many of them have added a defensive element 
to this group to where it's at right now mm-hmm. with the roster that we this team has right now after one game of the season, right? And I, that's cool. And that's where the yep. focus has become, which has allowed the team to be more competitive and allow the stars that are already here and established to do their thing, to allow Miller and Pedersen and Hughes and even Bester to a massive extent last night to have big offensive nights, right? Absolutely. All right, I said it's your show today, uh, the People Show. You've been waiting, again, years to have a moment like this. Uh, so let's make sure you get your shots up today. Ken in Vancouver calling in 604-280-0650. Ken, how are you? Hello? Yeah, Ken, we got you. Oh, it's Tim. How are you? Not bad. Yourself? Uh, doing tremendous. All right. Uh, yeah, I was happy for Brock Besser. I mean, they, you know, he's been going through such a hard time for two years plus. And uh, I was really happy to see that uh, he scored four goals. Uh, I don't think everybody should get too excited. It's just one game. I mean, I've been following the Vancouver Canucks since, uh, since the 70s when they broke in because I'm really from Montreal, Quebec. But I always love Vancouver. So it's only one game. We'll see what's going to happen. Uh, and uh, Saturday night game, we'll see. What, we'll see the true story. If they, if they can win this game or give the, the Edmonton Oilers a hard time, then maybe we have something going here. But we'll find out. All right. Thanks a lot for the call. 604-280-0650. Uh, your chance to chime in throughout the course of the People's Show. Because, uh, uh, look, I, I know it's one game. And even you know Rick Tockett and and Brock Besser and JT Miller, even in their post uh, game media availabilities, were very hey, enjoy this tonight. But we know we got to play them again on Saturday. There was very much looking ahead. So yes, absolutely, it's one game. It was two points. Now I've said this for the past couple of years. We we you we hear the term oh it's a long season. I think you could only use that term when you're actually winning. Because when you're losing, like the Vancouver Canucks have done at the beginning of seasons, you have to make the season more urgent. You have to get back on track. This idea, it's like, oh, we're two games below 500. It's a long season. No, 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 no. You got to get above 500, and you got to secure yourself a platform to build the rest of your season on. So when you win to one game opening night, now you can say, look, it's a long season. It's only one game. You've built up a couple of points. Keep doing it. Let's let's wait till game 12, game 20. And then it's like, okay, now it's a long season. Now you're trending towards a wild card spot, Pacific Division three spot, whatever it is. But I've made this point here. Like, I don't want to see them come back home below 500. The first five games, really important to me. Really important. So before we, we start going, it's like, hey, it's only one game. It's in the scope of 82. Right now, the next most important game, Saturday. I don't want anybody on this team looking to be like, oh, it's a long season. Get Saturday right. Go into Philly, get Tuesday right. Go into Tampa and get Thursday right. That's what they got to be doing right now. Uh, we're going back to the phone lines here, Eddie, 604. Massimo uh, in Burnaby. Oh, just dropped. 604-280-0650. Uh, you can always call back in. Massimo, uh, I'm lucky. Uh, 604-280-0650. You can grab his phone line. Uh, Ian in Dunbar, 650-650. This win means far less than we think, but means we set a bar above average for us. That's Ian and Dunbar texting in 650-650. That's another great point. It's it's I, I was talking about this on the postgame show last night with Sat, is this is now a reference point for Rick Tockett. At any point in the course of the season, he wants to point at the guys if, if the attitude's getting a bit low or something like that. 
don't tell me that you can't do this because now we've seen that you can do it. It doesn't have to be eight goals, but that level of consistency to defend, box out, all these little plays, as, as Eddie was just talking about, that added up to the success of last night, you can go do it. Now bring it back. And and, and this was a, a flu version of the game as well. That's the, the encouraging bit. Were they at their best? That's the thing that's encouraging, is, is were they at their best, and will they get better? Uh, Eric texting in. Uh, is the People Show a call-in show? Absolutely it is. T- call in, Eric. Don't text in. We, we always encourage uh, phone calls, 604-280-0650. You can always chime in in the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox, too, 650-650, especially on a day like today. Uh, I waved the guests out. They were like, hey, 8-1, can I come on the show? I was like, no, no, no. The people get their say today on the people show, and the inbox is uh, full. I'll try to sift through it as much as uh, we can. Uh, Noah and Edmonton, the most impressive part of last night, Brock's ability to score goals. It looked it looked easy for him last night, and we've seen for a couple of years just how, how tough it looked. <laughs> I'm not even just talking about the one that goes off his skate and in. Not the first goal. Take it, stop it, pivot, rip it. Real simple for Brock Besser yesterday. And then just getting in the right spots. In front of the net, shot comes through, rebound, and away you go. All right, back to the phone line, 604-280-0650. I believe we have Arjun in Abbotsford. Arjun, how are you? Good, yourself? Yeah, we're doing fantastic. What's on your mind? I uh, just want your thoughts. You know, the Cats had a great game yesterday. Um, if they go into Saturday, they have a great game, and they come back with the win, do you think that it's turning the page and the Canucks' identity, or is that too soon to the season, you think? Good shout, uh, 604-280-0650. Uh, you know, if identity for me is 20 games, right? I, I've always viewed it as 20-40-20 of how you want to break up a season. Um, 20 experiment, 40 really hone in on your identity and the final 20 is the race to the finish and now you, you you're just fine-tuning so I, I'm okay with a little bit of experimentation to figure out what their identity is I think we came into this expectation low event hockey and defensively sound principles and a lot of it was on showcase last night but I do think to Arjun's point like it's important to figure out what your identity is early on in the season. And the faster you do it, the more likely you're going to start executing what you are. Every strategy has a potential to work, but you got to figure out what works for you. Here's one thing I was thinking about. Let's say we're 25 games into the season and the Canucks have a decent record. And in, say, 16 to 17 of those games, the Canucks have established that they do X, Y, Z really, really well. And then in, say, those seven or eight games, that they don't do X, Y, Z really, really well. It's easy to see why they don't lose, or maybe they win a game that they shouldn't. That's starting to find your identity is if you have mm-hmm. success in those 15 to 16 and you do those details well, and then in those others that you don't, that's when you start to see the identity when you can nitpick what they did well and nitpick what they're doing wrong and getting away from all the things that they did, right, which allowed them to have success, if that makes sense. Uh, 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Uh, This one, uh, what do you guys think is the biggest boost for each team? Everyone picking uh, you to win the cup or them getting spanked in game one or everyone saying uh, you're going to have a great start and you go out and deliver? 
Uh, it, look, the, the Oilers, I'm not too concerned about them. For them, it's like it, it is still very much about April for the Edmonton Oilers, right? They've they've had playoff runs. It's clearly a team with some playoff aspirations. The thing I'd be worried about with Edmonton is discipline. I, I can understand being chippy and being kind of the team that's going to be a bit, bit more curmudgeon this year because you've had these deep playoff runs and hasn't materialized into the success that you want. And so I expected a, a chippy team throughout the course of the season. But that was – like it's it's a fine line between um, chippy and reckless. And certainly at the tail end of this, the game yesterday, that became very reckless. And when you're putting yourself in the box – and it would be one thing if it's like goal-saving penalties and justified calls. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, that happens. Then you can put out the, the the second unit, but your star players are hacking demon on one knee. Yeah, put power play one out there and run it up. Absolutely. Uh, we'll get to we'll hear from Connor McDavid in just a second, but I want to get back to the phone line. Uh, Eddie, who we got here? Joe in Langley. Joe, welcome to the show. How are you? How are you doing, my friend? Fantastic after a win. Yeah. Well, I, like like I said, the last time uh, this last game was the first game. I did sit there saying. Hurry up, go, what do you do? It don't just stand there. Get somebody and, and get off the ice. Stop standing there coasting to the ice. The first time I actually saw them work for a change. And it was beautiful to see. And if you work, good things happen. Joe, thanks a lot for the call. Six oh four. Sorry, now we have Joe? All right. We skipped a caller there. Uh just just before we get to the next caller though, uh, I do want to say like to bridge the talent gap in any sport, are you willing to go 100%? And that's what we saw last night. I think still we'd say, hey, David Dreisaitl, that team's the star team. They've got a, a lot of firepower. But when you work hard, you can bridge the talent gap between a team. And that's what's going to be interesting to see come next week against Tampa Bay. That's a loaded team. And actually, it's going to be interesting to see on Saturday night, too. Can he do this now on the road? Hard work travels, okay? Hard work will travel on the road with you. Matchups don't travel. We'll see what, what uh, Hirose and Juleson can do in a different matchup role now on Saturday because you know Edmonton's going to go out and try to target that pairing. And they survived last night, especially Hirose on a nice play, coming across to block a shot on uh, Warren Fogle off the rush with his stick. But they're going to be targeted in different matchups. So matchups don't travel. Hard work does travel. And we'll see what happens starting Saturday. But certainly, uh, to the caller's point, uh, it was nice to see feet moving throughout the course of the evening. Now we have Joe and Langley. Joe, what's going on? Hey, guys. Hey, so uh, I wanted to talk about Heronic. I At the time of the trade, I thought, oh, my God, giving up a first-round pick. And I just like, man, but after last night, I know it's only one game, but I don't know. He looks good, so maybe Alvin knows what he's doing. <laughs> That's all I really have. So, thank you very much. Six zero four two eight zero zero six fifty. I said this before. Well, when the trade happened, I was just confused on timing. It was just odd. You just acquire this asset. Now it goes out the door. Not that I had any problem with moving the asset. It's just the price point. Okay, makes sense. It's just the timing of it was a bit odd. Would it have been different come the summer? What were the contractual pressures? He's one year left. Would the price point have changed? Was it a little rich? Yeah, okay, maybe. But I I don't doubt the player's ability. You go through some of his defensive metrics, and they look encouraging. Certainly on the PK, he can play a role. And there's an edge to Philip Ronick. He's not shy about generating contact 
uh, whether it's in front of the goal, below the line, where whatever it is. There's an edge to Philip Pronick. And then I think you saw the offensive ability. That, that shot on Brock Besser's goal, it's a hard shot. Generates a rebound. There it is for JT Miller and Brock Besser to turn in. Uh, but you see just a natural slickness to his game that he can skate well and then He's a good puck mover, too, from that right side. There's a defensive something the yep. really lacked. Yep, absolutely. And then I, while we're doing this thing, like, hey, can you spend 90 seconds on a on a play every player made? Uh, was it 4-1 or 5-1 and he made that play uh, on McDavid? It was just like a long shift and McDavid was running all over the place. And it's just like, uh, is, is this the moment they get back in the game? And Philip Ronick's there to uh, dispatch uh, intelligently and keep it 5-1. And as a good friend of mine always says, you need stoppers. And Hirona could be a stopper, and that's stopping an offensive zone shift for Edmonton, getting the Canucks out of trouble, right? Uh, 650-650. No more callers, please. Carry the ball, Bick. No way, man. We're here for you. you you've waited. Again, I'd say years for a, for a night like last night. To start the season, like, hey, I, I'm getting excited again. Inbox is flying in with all caps text messages right now. People are hyped over the attitude uh, they saw from game one. So uh, as much as you'd love for me to carry the show, I appreciate the text in the inbox, 650-650. Can't even keep up with the inbox right now. So again, I said, it's your show today. Uh, get your shots up, 650-650. Trying to keep uh, an eye on here of, of everything. Uh, this one, the Pedersen hit, most impressive moment of last night. Was that charging? It's pretty close. It was pretty close. I'm getting some nods behind the glass from our intern Lachlan as well. Uh, yeah, that, that 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 may have been, but hey, you know what? We want contact. We're here for some high energy impact. Uh, shouts to Elias Pedersen for for laying the wood uh, in that one. Uh, all right, let's go to Parksville. Roy joining us now. Six oh four two eight oh zero six fifty. Roy, how are you? Good afternoon, fellas. Enjoying the show. Thank you very much. Um, my comments would be around, um, I guess you've already touched on it quite a bit, but a full 60-minute game. I, uh, as a fan, have been tri- attributed a lot of that to the new, new new coaching style. I thought Miller coming out really strong in a first shift. Joshua covering Dreisaitl really good. Pedersen chipping in with some checking. Uh, yeah, I thought Besser being in front of the net. I, just, I really liked the game from... Great from the start to the finish. It didn't seem to let up. That's how you get an 8-1 win. You just you don't let your foot off the throttle. Hey, Roy, we really appreciate the call. Thank you very much. Uh, 604-280-0650. And it's a sentiment we're getting a lot in the inbox here. Just trying to keep my eyes on it. It's just uh, people really pleased uh, with how late into the night people or uh, players were skating and constantly uh, giving their all. Uh, 604-280-0650. We'll get back to your phone calls on the other side. So if you have a line, just hang on to it. I promise you we'll get to it as well because uh, we got a lot of reaction. Uh, 650-650. Uh, this one, Rocket and Langley. When I say good defense or uh, creates offense, I don't only mean shutting down the other team. I mean when you were defending well, as the Canucks did last night, it agitates the other team. They just can't get going. They're frustrated, and that's what leads to bad penalties, and the Canucks did all of that to Edmonton. So good for them uh, and good on them. Uh, that is Rocket in Langley. All right, so much of your reaction still coming into the inbox and on the phone line. You got that phone line? Hang on to it. We'll get to you on the other side. I promise. All right, it's all coming up here on The People's Show.
gotta say, we, we saw a full committed effort uh, last night from the Canucks. Don't know if we're seeing that in the college right now. People dropping off throughout the commercial break. Stay committed. Second half of the People Show. They're as reliable as a BC Ferry <laughs> right about now. Second half of the People Show coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Uh, grab a phone line, 604-280-0650. I said it's your day. Uh, it is the People Show, so let's hear from the people after an 8-1 Canucks victory. Al in Nelson. Welcome to the show, Al. What's on your mind? Oh, boys, I'm not going anywhere. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what's what's going Eight on? One trouncing of the Oilers on opening day? Oh, man, I've just been walking on air all day long. Um, I want to say, it's it, you know, we're getting close to having to shower some praise on, on management here. I just, I just can't believe how much of a positive impact all these trades and acquisitions and everything, you know, that's been kind of, um, really standing out in the first, in the definite last preseason game and obviously last night, but, you know, go down the list, like, you know, the Horvat trade and getting Ronick in that and Beauvillier, super useful player, you know, the two signings in the off season and moving on OEL uh, and I, you know, and, 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 and Suter, but I got to say like the icing on the cake there, Sam Lafferty, right in the tail end of the preseason, um, people were like, oh, it's the pick, and why not wait for waivers? But they identified this guy, and, uh, you know, they could have just give, gifted that spot to Stanika. You know, he looked really good in camp. A bunch of guys on the on the, on the the bubble came in and had a really good camp, but no, went in there and brought in one more, like, bona fide NHL, big-bodied, fast skater, and you can just tell Tockett's going to use this guy as a bit of a weapon. And um, I'm really stoked. The team looks really good. I hope it's not a mirage, boys. Hey, Al, you still there? I'm here. All right. Okay, so as far as management, like what what in particular is is the talent of the guys, or is that the mentality that you really like that that we're you know we're getting a lot of response about the workman like attitude from a lot of players yesterday. Uh, do you think it's the talent thing or just the, the the mentality of the players that they've targeted? I just feel like they had a you know they they spoke there was a lot of lip service about the blueprint when Rutherford came in and the identity thing. We've been just beating the crap out of identity for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I just feel they've really stuck to the plan. You know, these guys were really handcuffed with money. They came in a really tough situation. And I just really think of it, guys. Like the, the turnover with zero money to spend and the, the look of this team versus when they got here, I think is really, really impressive. Good shout. Uh, it's Al in Nelson. Uh, you can grab his phone line, 604-280-0650. It's the People's Show, so uh, your chance to react. Uh, it's not the post-game show, but... Your chance to react after an 8-1 win. You get to bask in the glory. Hopefully you've had a chance to sleep it off and say, you know, was I, was, was I too gleeful last night? And, and now you get a sober second thought a day after. But are, are you still feeling hyped over it? Uh, 604-280-0650. I will get to more of your calls in just a second. I, I do want to say, like, like the, the phrase I've used is threading the needle that this management group has had to do. I know people want to see a rebuild. I get it. And that's clearly not part of the plan uh, for Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvine. And Jim Rutherford basically admitted it on live television. He's like, maybe we're looking at a rebuild. They never really wanted to do it. And threading the needle is kind of the move here. And it's difficult. The degree, the degree of difficulty on this is very difficult. Now, have they overextended themselves? 
the, the JT Miller one is probably the only one I would say that's overextending yourself. I know some people are probably shouting, they gave up a first-round pick. Look, if it doesn't work, you can still move on from Philip Peronik. He's not tied down. So if there's the opportunity to move off of it, but clearly they want it to work because in, in their mind, if they're successful, they'll tie down Philip Peronik. They'll probably tie down Elias Pettersson, certainly a great indicator of what his effort is going to look like, not only with the hit, but uh, just – fantastic pass, which might have been the highlight uh, of the game, if not for four goals coming in from uh, Brock Besser and and just an overwhelming uh, performance by everyone. So that looks like a committed player as well. Does he commit contractually? We'll see as the season progresses. But the other big thing for me yesterday was the crowd was really on it. Serenading Besser, he got a 30-second to a minute uh, Besser, Besser chant. And it's just a reminder for everyone what the reward looks like. We like we sit here and we, we we talk about all the negatives that have happened over the course of a couple of years, and we think, ah, oh, you, you're being too critical. You're over scrutinizing everything. Well, they've lost, so you you have to talk about what's happening. And because they've lost, it, it feels like oh, negative Canadian media. Hey, the, the reward is just as big as sometimes the scrutiny. And yesterday, fans showed up to give those players a reward. It's a reminder. Hey, I know it's tough. It, there's a lot of focus on you. But you can get a lot of praise as well. You mentioned the crowd, and I got to nitpick one thing. Okay. Don't leave a game at the very end when the team okay. is having a thorough effort. Just stay to the end too. and give I them a nice send off. I saw that on TV last night. It just bugged me. It's 8 1. Just finish it out. Yes. Compete to the whistle. What's Compete to the buzzer. Beating the fans an extra five to 10 minutes. Just. Stay and give them a round of applause. The ones that hung out, though, you're you're the real yeah. ones. Uh, the ones that are hanging out on the phone lines as well, you're the real ones. Uh, Sean in the Sea to Sky. Sean, what's going on? Oh, hey. How's it going, guys? Uh, having a blast today. Yeah, me too, except for I'm a little bit sick, but I'm still riding the high hey, from last you're, night. Hey, you're, you're, you're riding with the team right now. They're going through a flu bug. You're going through a flu bug. It's all good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I just wanted to touch on two things. They're not, you know, the biggest deals, but I've heard a lot of talk about Tockett system being low event hockey and how, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to be seeing a lot of one goal games and a lot of players are going to have their point productions drop, but I don't really think that's the case. I think we're going to have more structured hockey that's going to allow easier exits, like better communication on the ice. Players are going to know where they're supposed to be, where their teammates are going to be. And I think that's honestly just going to drive play a lot harder. It's going to send us into the ozone. It's going to create opportunities for guys like Pedersen. Hell, even Besser, four goals, you know. He, he didn't see that when it was high-flying hockey under Boudreaux. So I think it's – I think talking system is uh, better than people expect. Hey, Sean. Appreciate the call, 604-280-0650, and really appreciate uh, you not pulling a Demko into the phone, man. That was uh, well done. Playing hurt. Sean, call it in, 604-280-0650. You know, there was a play. Uh, it, was, it was a nothing play, and it, it, it's it's dumb to even bring it up. I'm not even sure people would be like, what are you talking about, Vic? I didn't even see that. I think it was in the second period. Uh, the Oilers were breaking out of their own zone and just talking about guys being in the right spots and knowing when to pounce on opportunities. It was P.U. Suter kind of waiting just inside the blue line, and he could see a cross-ice pass coming in the defensive zone and almost baited it. 
he, he was almost too early with the anticipation. He just kind of waited and just got there, poked it away as the pass was coming across. But he was well in position. And, and for Sean's point, hey, the structure is going to be the thing that uh, comes through with uh, Rick Talk at hockey. Uh, again, I, I still feel like it'll be low event because you know when you see these score lines that are so overwhelming, the other team's effort plays a huge role into this. And we've seen it here in Vancouver for the past couple of years. Like when, when there's been a big loss, we've sat here and said, they weren't really working hard. If, if you don't have your game tonight, it happens. We're human beings. You're not going to be at 100% capacity every single night. But you at least can try to make it hard for the other team. The Oilers by no means made it hard for Vancouver last night. And that's a huge contributing factor into 8-1. Maybe you shave off a couple of goals and say, hey, if they were really going after it, uh, do they box out a bit more? Like Connor Garland, he, he took like a bit of a stick tap on his way to the net, but Brett Kulak skating away from him practically. There was just a lot of free passage for Canucks players through the course of that evening. It's Brock Besser and JT Miller standing next to the side of the net on a puck that's bouncing in the air, and they have all the time in the world, and nobody putting any pressure on them. And they were able to uh, redirect that puck in. All right, 650-650. Oh, we're getting calls today. Don't want to forget the text message inbox. Uh, Portland Mike, I was at the game. Canucks looked way quicker. Brock was skating great. Uh, constantly moving his feet, just getting in front of the net, uh, too. And, and even as the goal off the skate, like he passes it from the half wall and then kind of rushes into the right spot. Uh, and certainly uh, right place, right time to get that puck turned in. Uh, this one, Keith the Water Guy. Do you think Pedersen will play himself off of this team with another 100-point season? He's going to ask for more money than he's worth. And if Hronik has a solid season, do you, th- do you see the Canucks trading him, overpay him, or watch him walk for nothing? Keith the Water Guy. More like Keith the uh, half-glass full guy. The water is is halfway up the glass, ha- halfway empty for Keith. Uh, look, if Pedersen has a 100-point season... Uh, and the Canucks make the playoffs. And what was the phrase Elliot Friedman used yesterday? $11 bajillion or something like that? Another nod behind the glass from Lackland. Yeah. He's going to get paid. And, and, and this is the thing. It's like I'm not concerned about what really Elias Pettersson gets paid. I'm concerned about it getting signed. And the Canucks are going to prioritize that money no matter what. Exactly. They went through that mess three years ago in the previous negotiation. Could it get it previous done? Previous regime, way, yep. The way they couldn't, they couldn't get it done the way they wanted to. Now they're dealing with it again. And the Canucks, you would hope and you would think that they're not going to make the same mistake twice under this management. If he puts up another 100-point season, there's really no figure. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, he's not, he's not going to get $15.5 million. No. So It's going to get good money. Yeah. And, and, and we know next year, Austin Matthews' deal kicks in, which will be the, the highest AAV in the league. Now, he didn't go for total money, but he went for 13.25. So it's not like Elias Patterson is going to reset the market to fifteen million dollars. No, if it comes in at twelve, like I know it's a lot. You're just like, hey, McDavid makes this. I get it. It's a lot, but at that stage, like I'd rather pay. I'd rather overpay one of the ten best players in the league by a million than risk trying to be right on a depth player. We've seen how that works here. I mean, would you rather have Elias Patterson a few million dollars less than say the top top tier salary guys in the National Hockey League, right? You definitely would want that. And you look at smart teams right now. It's happening right now as we speak in the National Hockey League, especially even in the, in the last week or so. How many teams are prioritizing their cap dollars to their franchise guys? Mm-hmm. I mean, Buffalo has signed a million of these players in the last year or so, blocking up their two marquee defensemen in the last 
couple of days. Ottawa's done it. Jersey's done it. The total, the total money spent by Buffalo might surpass the total games played by some of those guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. But then it also means that they can rotate guys in and out of whatever money's going to be left over, knowing that their core is locked in. Uh, 650-650. We were talking about that Pedersen uh, hit on CC, Chris and Duncan. Uh, come on, Bick. That was not charging in a million years. That comment was charging. Uh, anyways, uh, good show. I, I, I think it's uh, it, it's superstar treatment. We always say hey, if it's if it's a light touch on a superstar, give a penalty. Eh, I can go the other way. Maybe we bend the rules a little bit for the superstars. Uh, I, I think it's open for debate. If you don't feel like it was, uh, that's fine. But uh, I, I do think it was uh, pretty close uh, to charging. It, it, let's put it this way: it gave the referees an opportunity to call charging. Okay. Yes. I think we can agree on that one at least. Uh, this one, uh, the most important indication of this team's will, Demko playing the way he did uh, when he was ill and would only come out after getting sick inside the mask. Uh, hopefully it's, this is the commitment we want to see. Can we get a healthier version of commitment, though? I, I don't know if I need to see that. You know, we, we heard about the, the issues uh, at times for, for players, athletes, pregame. Here's, Race to the stall. Um <clears throat> Here's and a, then you're, you're fired up. I don't need it during the game. Here's a big difference. Let's say Demko isn't well enough, recovered well enough, that it's better off just to rest him on Saturday night before the road trip really gets going. Would you feel more comfortable with Casey DeSmith going into that game just because Demko is still a little sick, or as opposed to, say, a Seelovs or a Spencer Martin or mm-hmm. whoever rotation a backup goaltenders have been here over the years? Colin Delia is another one. You know what I mean? Uh, 650-650, uh, Mark. Texting about Eddie's comment. Uh, as a season ticket member who has been known to dash out early on games, uh, but who stayed to the bitter end last night, give the players they do. Let me say, there are plenty of excusable times to duck out early. Last night was not one of them. Unless your jersey was orange. Uh, they deserve their standing out. So that's uh, Mark backing you up, Eddie. Uh, coming to the text message inbox. Uh, ben from East Fan. Didn't see many drop passes through the neutral zone on the power play. It's an end of an era. Uh, maybe one? It's still a thing. I'll, I'll, I'll do a rewatch. It, they do it because it works. Yeah. They do it because it works. That's what bugs me about people that get upset about that play. Mm-hmm. Like It's a staple in not just the National Hockey League, but all levels of high competitive hockey. They do some semblance of a drop pass, or now the drop pass is followed by one or two other quick passes elsewhere, and then you come through the middle of the ice or up the neutral zone with speed. Uh, 650-650, people need to settle down. It's one game, better plan the parade route and the riot. Both teams overrated. Uh, Hey, look, fans haven't had a chance to uh, cheer for for seasons, I would say, at the start of a year. We're not ordering rings here either. Nobody's doing it, but you can't sit here and say it wasn't a good game. Just enjoy it. Talking about what happened last night, they were the the story for me in the NHL across uh, last night. No, Connor Bedard gets his first... NHL goal, not smiling after a win on that picture, and already getting goals against the Bruins. I'm sure uh, putting smiles on a lot of Canucks fans' faces. I'm not doing a seven-year countdown. Stop it, Eddie. Stop it. I'm- oh, I know. I saw that last night. That was getting <laughs> ridiculous. You don't think Canucks fans are going to be doing that for the next seven years? I think Cam Bear is actually already placing orders to production to Five- get the imaging ready for seven years down the road for That's when Bedard comes home. 574 regular season games. We're down to 572. Start that countdown. How many uh, shifts is that? <laughs> How much total ice time is that? It's too much math for me. Uh, Toronto spreadsheets. gets their win. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll let Excel do the math on that one. Uh, Toronto comes back uh, and gets that win versus Montreal. But to me, again, the story last night, 8-1. Uh, 
uh, your Vancouver Canucks are the story in the NHL. So that's why we're getting hyped about it. And that's why people are calling in 604-280-0650. That's why you're reacting to the inbox as well, 650-650. Norm from Maple Ridge, what I got out of last night's game was the leaders lead the team. Core guys stood up, did their jobs, everybody else followed. Keep playing that way. The connection. Have a great season. If you heard Quinn Hughes on the postgame show last night, uh, speaking of leaders leading, that was a dude who was uh, very proud of a lot of efforts throughout the course of that game. Uh, all right, let's let, let's hear from Quinn Hughes uh, from last night's game here, uh, joining myself and Satyar Shaw on the postgame show. It's so contagious. I mean, just seeing the dedication from the guys last couple weeks and then obviously tonight, you know, getting pucks out, sacrificing themselves. You see Juleson at the end of the game with 40 seconds left and guys getting pucks out on the wall and getting pucks in when, you know, maybe when you'd want to make a play and then the compete level was high and the energy was high. And, um, I mean, I, I'm really proud of the group tonight. The Juleson moment, too. Uh, eruption from the bench. Guys doing that in 8-1 uh, But play. that's what you want. That's 100%. I mean, then, you like, hear the word habits? Yep. It's one thing to do it in the final seconds of game one of the year in an 8-1 win. That's the habit that's going to be automatic if and when this team is in legitimate playoff contention in March and into April because you have to establish those habits now, and they just will come secondary without even thinking about it. You hope when the, it matters most. It's uh, now We'll see how much this translates on the road, right? It's, it's going to be a tough road trip. Uh, early season road trips, never easy. Um and the environment's going to be different. Now you're traveling and all that sort of stuff. But as you point out, it, it was a, a commitment to the end and, and sh- shots blocked. But, you know, it sticks on puck all throughout the course of the evening uh, in, in every zone. That's the stuff I look at. And say, okay, like you can do that in any rink. You, you don't need the, the fancy drag around a guy. And, and, and here's, you know, the, the Garland goal, for instance. Yeah. It doesn't have to look like that every single time. No. But you know what you can do? P.U. Suter getting his stick on Connor Brown in the slot and disrupting a shot. You can do that in any rink. And that's the thing that I look at and say, for a lot of fans, I was walking the concourse a bit uh, during the second intermission, and you could just hear it from fans So the course of the the, 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 the entire concourse. be like, hey, they're playing good defense. They haven't seen sticks on puck everywhere throughout the course of the game. And it was noticed by fans in the rink, and I'm sure it was noticed by you watching on TV on an 8-1 win. And to me, the game on the road trip that's coming up that is really going to be a tell for me where this team is at is Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. And, Bick, you and I have talked so many times off the air how much I've loved how Tampa Bay plays a game and their attention to detail, which has allowed them to have the success that they have. But they do so many little things right. And I even watched a little bit of their opening game of the season against Nashville the other day, <laughs> and I got a kick out of Tyler Mott starting the first game of the season at 5.30 in the afternoon, Tampa Bay time. And to me, that was just the ultimate John Cooper-type play. Game one, game shift one of the season, we're going to start Tyler Mott, a typical Tampa Bay-type energy, hardworking-type player to start the season. And if the Canucks can, you know, maybe out-detail or come close to matching details, so to speak, with Tampa Bay, do they give themselves a chance in that game? And that's, to me, the type of game where you can maybe start to believe that things are starting to turn if they can bring that to Tampa Bay, in Tampa Bay. Uh, 650-650, this is what I love about the People Show. Look, look, we invite your opinions. We ask for them. 
we solicit them and we read them, and now people get to react to it as well. Uh, the dude who's saying take it easy would have been losing his marbles himself today if they lost yesterday. Fair is fair. Fair is fair. If they lost 3-2, like, ah, I knew it wasn't going to happen. Guys falling. Would you be upset or would you just say one game and, and, and carry on? So fair is fair. People got takes. In the inbox, 650-650. This one's Steven and Langley. Hey, guys, great show as usual. Went to the game yesterday. The little time Casey DeSmith was in net, he looked dialed in and made a few good saves. I prefer to have Demko, of course, but I wouldn't hesitate uh, in playing Casey DeSmith. That's the thing. I, I said, look, we can spend 90 seconds on everyone. Even the backup goalie got in yesterday. So perfect. Everybody did something yesterday. That's what was so stunning. We, we honestly, if you, if you wanted to spend – so well, we have a 50-minute show. Uh so if we spent two minutes and 30 seconds on every player, and that was the show, it's like, hey, let's go through the four goals of Brock Betzer for two minutes and 30 seconds. On to the next guy, JT Miller, Connor Garland. Just go through the jersey numbers. That'd take up the whole show. Everybody did something yesterday, and every single player uh, getting a little bit of love. Like even Anthony Beauvillier, not on the score sheet yesterday. No points, no assists. One of a handful of guys that didn't. We had somebody call it in, mentioning Anthony Beauvillier yesterday. Subtle little pickup. Absolutely, and I've loved the energy that he brings, but you can also see that the depth of this organization has put themselves in a spot where they can put a Beauvillier on their third line so they can balance out their forward group a little bit more. So you're starting to see the collective effort of bringing in all these bodies, allowing the team to be more well-rounded and then have success. Now you need guys to keep performing to be able to to For give sure. yourself that opportunity to, to put Beauvillier in a third line, and, and Mikheyev comes back, Garland uh, potentially goes on that line with Suter and uh, Beauvillier, and what will they look like? Certainly uh, something to keep an eye out. And and that's the thing looking forward. We'll obviously talk about more about it tomorrow as well. Uh, I think Brett Festerling hopefully uh, joins the show tomorrow. BFF, Brett Festerling Fridays. We're not BFS, but it's BFF. I see where you're going with that. It works. <laughs> Uh, we'll talk to him about you know getting prepared for a road trip and what changes we'll see. Obviously, it's not going to look exactly like it did last night. You're going to get a charged-up Oilers team, you would assume. Uh, but what sort of progress do they make? But now, the depth is something that's going to be attacked. We mentioned the Hirose Juleson thing. How does Edmonton and all the teams that they're playing on the road trip try to attack that? But now, how do the matchups look a bit different uh, as well uh, for the Oilers and, and everything else moving forward? So, the, the depth... Uh, is going to be interesting. Now, do you do a situation where Hughes and Ronick get split, and now one of them is always going to be out there versus McDavid? Because it's a nice luxury to have, and we didn't really see by committee yesterday, but is it by committee game-to-game basis rather than shift-to-shift basis? This is the fun part of uh, getting to learn a new coaching regime. And I was, was thinking, too, how if the Canucks are to make the playoffs, they're going to need to take four to five games off of teams like Edmonton. Colorado, Vegas, Dallas, etc. Well, the Canucks already have one win against one of those teams already. Right? I, I, I've been laughed at for this idea, Eddie. What's um, that? You, you bucket the points of where you think you can get them from the other 31 teams? Yeah. It, it's, it's a little too granular, I think. But I, I think it's a fair way of looking at it to say – Hey, like over the course of the season, like we know San Jose is going to be bad and you're going to play the maximum amount of times. Yeah. You better get 90% of the points against San Jose. Yeah. And if you get 30 against Carolina, okay, because at least you're making up the deficit. But to your point, if you project, okay, you're going to have a chance for 10 points against Edmonton, you got to get six, five. Or even same concept, but different sport. How many games did the Seattle Mariners take off the Oakland A's this year, Mm -hmm. which allowed them to basically take their season into the final weekend of the year, right? For sure. Uh, All right. 
lot to get into. Thanks for the calls today. 604-280-0650. I love a guestless show because you're the guest. Thank you very much. Uh, a lot of interaction in the inbox. Keep it coming as well through Canuck Central. They will keep talking about uh, the vibes from last night. Harmon Dial will join them. Nick Kiprios as well. Dan Riccio, Satir Shaw. Minutes away here. This is The People Show.